Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Eating Salads. It's me again, Austin Crosby. I'm going to close some blinds right quick. So, uh, finished our bread today with a series of delicious little sandwiches. And then we had, right now, a salad that was really good. Chickpeas and pickles, cucumbers, tomatoes. It was, it was chill. Um, on NPR just now, they were talking about China. And they went so far as to say, so, I don't know, man. I, I think it's fair to say I'm, I'm anti-China. Um, not the land of China, the people, well, kind of the people of China, but mostly the government of China. And I wish the people best. Um, I uh, am a little too cynical to have great hope for this, you know, these protests that have been going on. I don't think they're going to be successful. And it comes at an interesting time. I mean, if you guys saw a couple of weeks ago, there was a video of Xi Jinping having the previous um, whatever of China, premier, whatever, like escorted out, strong-armed out of the CCP convention that they were doing. It was kind of embarrassing. And on NPR, they were just talking about how public opinion of these two guys has been. Um how over time the previous president has been seen in a more positive light by young people as having more character than she but um, I don't know man it's kind of wild stuff they, they mentioned that back in the day I guess the 90s the previous president of China had a debate on Chinese television with Bill Clinton over the Tiananmen Square protest reaction. And that's pretty unthinkable nowadays. That was the point NPR was making as well. Um, yeah, I don't know, just, just wild to think that, you know, there's this thread in discourse about how population decline is going to doom the world, that you know people are not having enough babies, and so there's going to be an aging population and not enough people to take care of them. What's going to happen? You know, and I I've said it before. I'll say it again. I don't really agree with that. I mean, I know that population is decreasing. I don't think it's a bad thing. In fact, I think it's a good thing, and I hope that it happens more dramatically, and I'm pretty sure it will, in other countries, but uh, for their own good, in a way. For their own good. They need to catch up, is what I'm saying. It'd be good here to have fewer people, less demand, and I think in Asia, you know, whether it be China or India or Indonesia, if they can hurry up and get into the middle class before it disappears, then maybe their population will decline even more rapidly than ours. And uh, we can get to this new world order of almost equal peoples, right? 
because I think that's the only way forward. It's the only way it's going to happen. That and Bitcoin. Dude, Jack Dorsey's been in Africa pushing Bitcoin and hanging out with the African Bitcoiners, and that's always funny to see. Uh, he, he, like, unironically posted a picture of, like, a plate of rice today. And, uh, yeah, I mean, all the things I just said about population, I hope the same for Bitcoin in Africa. That would be pretty cool. Pretty cool indeed if they were buying uh, water with Satoshis or whatever. And they had free, subsidized space internet. It's the world we want to live in. Um, I don't know if I said enough about like why I think the population decline will go down, but or will population decline will continue and problems will go down. But that came up earlier today where people were all, why did they not see things as bad in the 80s or the 90s? Were the problems not here? Are the problems new? And you know, there was a lot of people being like, well, you know, yeah, a lot of these problems are new, but other things like sustainability, I mean, people just didn't have the open flow of information. They had to go to the library and read a book or they had to watch programmed television on cable news or whatever, world, the world news. And that's so huge. I can't even comprehend. And I'm kind of from, I mean, I have very early childhood memories of like, you know, people before smartphones, of course, but also just like before you even used a computer in your house. I don't know. It was weird to think what was the computer for in those early years. And it was really to play like flash games to go on cartoonnetwork.com uh, for people my age. But now it's like, you know, to be radicalized or whatever. You go on to have your entire social experience. Hey, while we're there, I'm going to wrap it up on this um, because we want to get in the tub and watch Chainsaw Man. That's our plan. Um, the Neuralink presentation, I kind of half watched live the other day. What I didn't see was that both of the monkeys they displayed you know, moving a cursor and using a keyboard with their mind and also playing Pong with their mind, both of those monkeys had had upgraded Neuralink hardware in their brain, meaning they had the old version, then they had the old version removed, and then they had the new version put in. And the other thing that was very interesting that I did not know, they read they watched a monkey who they trained to see a dot and like blink or something when the dot came up on screen i can't remember what they did with that and then they watched and mapped i think they have 1024 nodes or you know little pieces in the brain they watched the signals as they passed over those nodes as it saw and reacted to these things the dot that they were showing it and then they reverse engineered and put it back into the brain. They made the, they made the monkey have a hallucination and it reacted. They showed the monkey something that was not there. And that's where they are saying, okay, this is the first path towards restoring sight in people or giving sight to people who have never had it. It is understanding how to relay visuals to the brain. Just pretty cool, pretty cool stuff. Um, I think there was something else about it too. It was kind of crazy, but I can't remember really. 
what it was. Huh. It was to do with the monkeys, the sight. Honing in on the... Having it see a hallucination. But I don't know. It's pretty cool stuff, though. I'm into it. Don't want one. It's not for me. But love to see it happening. Because one of the things I knew about or I know about neurology is that it's in a very hard thing because it's a you know, medically invasive procedure to get the best brain imaging. MRIs, CT scans, those sorts of images, they're not the best. What you do want are these internal images, like what, you know, the, oh, okay, I remembered the two things. You want these internal images from inside so you have better reception, but also continuously all the time so you can run many more tests. And that's what Tesla's been great at is getting much more higher flow of data on hard problems to train these neural nets. What they've done with their cars, for instance, having them drive in shadow mode all the time in the background as humans have been driving around in them and training them how to drive from a central spot, basically. Um, that allowed them to leapfrog companies like Waymo, you know, that were, were only doing occasional testing. Um, or once they did go doing continuous testing, they were only doing it in select areas with select vehicles. Tesla got way more vehicles out on the road to collect data on how to drive. They're kind of doing that now by, even, even though it's in monkeys, at least it's in the brain of a monkey all the time, sending out deep brain information. Whenever they want to do a test, they don't have to go cut a monkey open and kill a monkey just to train it on this one thing. They can keep these monkeys alive and learn things about their brain. And that will be huge for people too. The other couple of things they've learned, they've trained it to go through, you know, I guess the dermis of the brain or whatever, the, the sleeve that your actual brain is wrapped in. They no longer, they're trying to make it, or maybe they already have, I can't quite remember. I'm confident they will figure it out if they haven't already. But they're not going to cut open and remove that layer. They're going to put with this robot they've shown off, they're going to put the uh, nodes in through that, which is really cool. Much less invasive, much safer for the brain. Um, the other thing was they found out that every day when these monkeys would wake up, there was a slight shift in the signal from their brain. So they have to like use the neural net to calibrate back up every morning. And that's kind of crazy. That has kind of crazy implications for humans. I don't know if they knew that until now. But if that is the case, it means that maybe every day you do wake up slightly different than the day before. Just kind of cool. Anyway, guys, thank you very much. Come again tomorrow.